Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Um, it is a privilege and a pleasure to be in front of all of you once again. After some time, you might be wondering why I am up front and who I am. So as a brief introdu uh, introduction, I am Caleb or Caleb. Bahala na po kayo kung paano nyo gustong i-pronounce. Uh, I am your ministry servant for Roots, uh, Breadcom QC's Young People Fellowship. That's why puro young people po ang nag-serve. I am not so young, pero nakikisama pa po ako sa kanila. Um, before we begin, can I invite everyone to please uh, lower your heads and pray with me. Father God, we thank you again for the opportunity to hear your word. We thank you, Lord, for uh, being in our presence today. I pray and I ask, Lord, that as we go through your word, as uh, I deliver your message, I pray, Lord, that no one will see anyone but you. Hide me behind your cross and cover me in your blood so that only your message alone will be heard and will be seen. Open the hearts of each and every single person here so that they may feel you and hear from you and see you in an intimate way. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so this being Youth Sunday, uh, I need to open with something very youthful. So, who, uh, which of you has seen this movie? Ta-da! Show of hands? Okay. Mas madami dito sa portion na to. For, for this portion, papaliwanag ko na lang. Um, gusto ko lang pong i-point out. Ah, sorry. For, for some of our American friends, please bear with me as I code switch during the entire sermon. Um, ang ganda niya, no? Ang ganda ng movie. Amen. Yes, ang ganda ng movie. Um, may purpose po. Don't worry. I did not put this movie up just to show you how beautiful it is and how good it is. Pero part yun ng point. Um, I wanted to show you this because this movie has something similar to our passage today. So without going into spoilers for this area of the church na hindi pa napapanood, um, suffice it to say that a major event happens during the movie. And that major event affects the life of all three of the heroes seen on screen. Um, and what's, what's interesting to note is that even though it's one event that they all experienced at the same time, each person on screen had a different reaction to that event. They had a different reaction, they had a different takeaway, and they, they made a different choice based on how they, were, they, they interacted with that event. So, may, may relation po siya dun sa message. And, and our message today is very similar. Today, our message is about how we respond to Jesus. And we take it from Luke 13, verse 10 to 17. Uh, our passage tells the story of an encounter with Jesus. It tells the experience of two very different people having two very different responses to that experience with Jesus. And I hope and I pray that as we go through the passage and as we discuss today's message, we'll be able to take the time to examine and take the time to evaluate where we are in our walk with Jesus 
and how we are personally responding to Jesus in our lives. So, to take another cue from Spider-Verse, uh, we'll follow that similar structure of how, it, how they did it in the movie. We show the event, we show the setting, and then we go to a specific person and see how that person interacted with that event and how they reacted to that event. So, to quote Spider-Verse, let's start from the beginning. Luke 13, 10-11 says, On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and couldn't straighten up at all. So we open the story with Jesus teaching at the synagogue during the Sabbath. Uh, brief introduction on what the Sabbath is. The Sabbath is the Jewish day of rest, and they do it to commemorate two things. The first is to remind everyone that God created the world in six days and on the seventh day He rested. So there's an emphasis on the, important, the importance of rest. And the second thing is to commemorate how they, were, they used to be slaves in Egypt and God gave them freedom. So those two things are important to note about the Sabbath. On this particular day of rest, Jesus was with the people and He was teaching them about God. And in that group of people, so for example, this group of people, imagine, in, in that group of people, there was a woman. Now, if we look at the passage, the, the passage we're showing right now, or if you're familiar with the story, there is no mention in this entire passage of why that woman was there that day. We can, we can try to imagine why she was there. Maybe she was just walking by. Maybe she had urgent business to do at the synagogue. Maybe she just happened to be, sorry, sa Tagalog, baka tumatambay lang siya doon during that specific day. Maybe she overheard Jesus and she was curious. We are not sure. There is no mention in the passage why she was there. The only thing we can be sure of is that on that specific Sabbath day, Jesus was there and the woman was there as well. So before we go, uh, before we proceed, again taking a few from Spider-Verse, let's take a focus on who the woman is. So who was this woman? She was crippled for 18 years. She was oppressed by a spirit. She was bent over and couldn't straighten up. Given those three things, 18 years, a cripple, oppressed by a spirit, I guess on a daily basis, and bent over and unable to, to stand up properly, I, I think it won't be a stretch to assume that she was experiencing pain. She was in deep physical, emotional, spiritual pain. Why was she crippled? Anyone want to hazard a guess why she was crippled? Did she do anything that was bad 18 years prior? Uh, was she a bad person? Was she adulterous or a sinner or a thief? The passage doesn't say. Nowhere in the passage is it mentioned 
is the reason for 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 her infirmity mentioned. And I think there's an important point to be made in that. The Bible doesn't go into detail explaining why she was sick and why she was experiencing pain because it wasn't important for us to find out why she was experiencing pain. What was important in this particular event, in this particular story, is what, is what happened next. On that particular Sabbath, she had an encounter with Jesus. Luke 13, verse 12 to 13 says, When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then Jesus put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up. Let's take a few moments to break that down para mas maintindihan natin kung ano nangyari. The first, Jesus saw her. Unlike other miraculous encounters with Jesus, and we have, uh, for the past few Sundays, we have been talking about uh, miraculous encounters with Jesus. Unlike those other encounters, this particular woman didn't actively seek and didn't actively approach Jesus. We talked about the bleeding woman a couple of Sundays back. Lumapit siya kay Jesus. We talked about the centurion and his servant. The, the centurion sent people to Jesus. These people were actively seeking Jesus. They were making the first step. But in this particular gospel account, the woman was just there. Hindi, hindi siya lumalapit kay Jesus. She wasn't calling Jesus' attention. Jesus saw her first. Next. Jesus called her. Again, to point that out, the woman didn't initiate anything. Hindi siya nakipag-usap kay Jesus. Hindi siya lumapit kagad kay Jesus. Si Jesus yun tumawag sa kanya. Nakita siya, tapos tinawag siya. And the last, Jesus spoke to her. Hindi lang siya tinawag, in-engage siya. Jesus spoke to her about freedom and she was healed. Let's take let's let's look at the passage. She didn't say anything to Jesus. She didn't say, "I have been crippled for 18 years. I need healing." Jesus saw her. Jesus called her. Jesus spoke to her without her having to say anything. Jesus knew exactly who she was, what she was going through, and what she needed. And and that's a nice thought to have. Na si Jesus, even before we know what we need, and even before we know what's wrong with us, si Jesus alam na yun. Jesus knows exactly what she needed. She might not have even known for herself what she needed, but Jesus knew. Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. That's the beauty of the gospel. That's the beauty of who Jesus is. It is not about any and all of our efforts to be noticed. It's not about who we are right now and who we, we will be or who we were before. And it's not, definitely not about what we can do. It's about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. Because even before we come to Him, Jesus sees us. And even before we do anything, bago pa tayo may magawa, bago pa tayo may ma-offer 
kay Jesus, tinatawag niya na tayo. And even before, we've even heard of Him. Hindi pa nga natin siya kilala eh. Hindi pa clear kung sino si Jesus sa buhay natin. Sunday school pa lang natin siya kilala. Even before all of that, ini-engage na tayo ni Jesus to free us. Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. And immediately, after, after Jesus saying these things, immediately, the woman straightened up. Ngayon naman, let's take the time to break down what that specific uh, command of Jesus means to us. What did Jesus give her? Nung sinabi ni Jesus yun na, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. What did Jesus offer to her and give her when He said that? The first, Jesus gave her effortless freedom. Try to imagine how long she has been crippled and oppressed. She has been under pain, under intense pain for the past 18 years. Sino sa atin na naka-experience na ng problema for the past 18 years? Except po dun sa mga parents na may 18 years old na anak. Or five, for the college students. You have been going through your majors for the past two years. How difficult and stressful is that? Kung may problema ka for the past 18 years, siguro hindi naman stretch to, to think na gagawan at gagawan mo ng paraan para maayos yun. May problema ka pa nga lang for one year, lahat na ng diskarte na pwede mong gawin para ayusin yun, gagawin mo eh. Imagine having a problem for 18 years. You would do anything. You would give up anything para lang mawala yung problema mo na yun. You would, you would pay people. You would do every effort. Pag sinabihan siguro siya na sumayo ka tatlong beses dyan, tapos mag-alay ka ng itlog, guys, ganito, gagawin niya eh. That's how desperate she was. She was doing everything and anything she could. And yet, for the past 18 years, she couldn't free herself from her pain. And then imagine this guy, imagine this guy who just calls her up and says, you're free from your infirmity. In one word and in one touch, everything she did for herself in 18 years, nagawa. In, in one word and one touch, she was given effortless freedom. She didn't have to do it on her own. It was given to her effortlessly. The second, Jesus gave her immediate freedom. The freedom that Jesus gave her wasn't some far-off promise. Sino po sa inyo yung familiar sa commercial ng Advil? Yung kay Jericho Rosales. Ilang minutes bago tumalab yung Advil? Works in as fast as... Wala nakaalala. Okay lang. Yung Advil commercial says it works in as fast as 15 minutes. Para sa mga may sakit sa ulo sa inyo at nakakaranas ng migraine, 15 minutes is not fast enough. My wife can attest to that. Every time my wife experiences migraine, dapat instantly magaling na siya. Kasi waiting for 15 minutes for medicine to work, 
while you're experiencing severe pain, is hell. Masakit yun, waiting for 15, even just 15 minutes. And yet, the freedom that Jesus gave her didn't work in 15 minutes. Hindi siya parang gamot na parang nung binigay ni Jesus sa kanya, sige, you are free for now, and then after four minutes, after uh, an hour, I will free you again. Hindi parang paracetamol yung binigay na freedom ni Jesus. As soon as Jesus spoke, she was free. And that freedom was immediate. It's similar to what the centurion said to Jesus in, our, uh, in, in Pastor Nomer's sermon a couple of Sundays ago. Just say the word, Lord, and I know it will be done. Jesus spoke, and immediately she was free. And then Jesus gave her lasting freedom. Jesus didn't just give her relief. Yun yung pinapromise sa atin ng mga gamot eh. And yun yung pinapromise sa atin sa mga commercials. It'll give you relief. But the problem with relief is that relief fades away. Going back to that paracetamol illustration earlier, you get relief using meds for an hour, two hours. And then you have to retake the meds again. Imagine if Jesus gave her that kind of relief. She'll have to come back to Jesus every time and it would be an effort for her and it would be an inconvenience to her. But praise God because what Christ gave her wasn't a temporary remedy. What Christ gave her was a permanent solution to her problems, to her pain, and to her struggle. What Jesus gave her was true and lasting freedom from her pain. Now let's all try to take a moment and imagine if we were there. Imagine if this congregation was the crowd that Jesus was talking to. Imagine if we were there and we were witness to Jesus saying that instant thing and healing that woman instantly. How do you think, personally, how do you think you would respond if you were a witness to that? The Gospel account gives us two very distinct people na pwede nating pag-aralan kung ano yung responses nila. So let's go and focus on these two people. The first, the synagogue leader. How do you think he responded? How do you think, based on our passage, how do you think he responded to seeing and being witness to that miracle created by Jesus? Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. The word used in the passage is indignant. What does indignant mean? Sa Tagalog, ang indignant ng gagalaiti ka sa galit. Ayoko nang, ayoko nang magtanong ng show of hands kung sino nang nanggalaiti sa galit ever. Kasi alam ko namang walang magtataas ng kamay. Pero nakanasan nyo na yun, yun ang gagalaiti kayo sa galit. 
yung yung feeling na parang wala akong pakialam kung sino makakasalubong ko. Lahat yan, lahat kayo papagalitan ko. Ikaw, may, may atraso ka sa akin. Ikaw, may atraso ka sa akin. Ikaw, hindi ko gusto yung pantalon mo. Wala akong pakailam kung related din sa pinag-uusapan natin. Basta galit ako. May nakakanas na sa inyo ng ganong klaseng galit in your hearts. You want to fight everyone and you don't care what they say. You are angry. You are livid. Imagine being angry enough to stand in front of everyone, ruin everyone's time, ruin how everyone is enjoying, just so you can scold all of them. Ganun siya kagalit. So why was he angry? What made him that angry? For us to be able to determine what made this guy so angry, it'll help if we get a bit of background into who that person was. So let's have a bit of character study on who the synagogue leader is. So who was this man? The first, I, I think it won't be a stretch to say that this guy is well-educated. Synagogue leader siya eh. If you are the leader of a synagogue, you're supposed to know a lot about the law. The synagogue is a place to learn about the book of the law. At kung leader ka, it's not a stretch to assume that you are there more or less on a daily basis, engaging and talking to different teachers of the law. So you know a lot about the law. You know a lot about the Sabbath. You know what the Sabbath is for. You completely know that the Sabbath is for rest and to commemorate Israel's freedom. Maybe the reason why this guy was so angry was because he saw Jesus as a rule breaker. He must have thought, Akala ko ba Jesus na to, teacher? I thought this guy was great. I thought this guy was a teacher and he came from God. And then here he is on the Sabbath breaking the law. Imagine how angry that must have made him feel. If someone breaks something that you cherish so much, magagalit ka talaga. This man was breaking the law. But that's the thing, and that's the thing that he forgot. He was so focused on keeping the law that he didn't recognize that Jesus was the fulfillment of the law. He was so angry that he presumed to know more about the law than the fulfillment of the law himself. Pinapagalitan niya yung answer to the law. How ridiculous is that? So that's the first. We can assume that this guy is well-educated and then he got angry because of that. The second, Again, dahil synagogue leader siya, we can assume that this guy is well-off. Alam naman natin in society that the higher the responsibility people give you, the higher your rank, may equivalent yun na compensation. Mas mataas ang position mo in any company, in government, mas maganda yung compensation package para sa'yo. Leader siya eh. Leadership position na siya. Mataas na yung position niya. So maganda na yung compensation para sa kanya. 
Now, given that, imagine how anxious and how angry it must have made him feel. Considering that Jesus healed someone in his synagogue, what if that got out? What if other sick, needy, poor people heard of that? Where will they go? If they started to talk, you know what, I was healed in that synagogue, synagogue over there by Jesus. If I were poor and needy, pupunta ako dun. Dun ako pupunta kagad. Imagine that multiplying to everyone in their community. Imagine how stressful that must have made them feel. Aalagaan ko lahat ng problema at nangangailangan kasi tatakbuhan nila tong lugar ko. problema na nga ako running this place as it is now. Tapos dadagdagan mo pa ng mga may sakit. Dadagdagan mo pa ng mga kulang sa pera. Dadagdagan mo pa ng nangangailangan. Imagine how stressful and anxious that, my, that must have made him feel. Or maybe it's because he was well-respected and because he was well-connected. Being a leader, I don't think it's, uh, it's a stretch to assume that this guy was well-connected. He was in a position of power. So he had connections with the local government, with the temple, with the Sanhedrin. Maganda yung connections niya. And he was well-respected in the community because he, had, he held a high position of power. Maybe he was afraid and he was worried of what the people in power might say if they, find, if they found out that he allowed Jesus to heal in his synagogue. The people in power didn't like Jesus. To them, Jesus was a troublemaker. If word got out that this guy, the synagogue leader, was allowing Jesus to do things in his synagogue, that might put him in a bad spot. That might put him in a bad position with the people in power. Try to imagine how long this guy tried to cultivate all those relationships. Chami-chami siyang konti dun sa high priest, rubbing elbow siya ng konti dun sa mga local authorities with the Romans. Tapos ang mababalitaan nila, pinapayagan niya si Jesus maggawa ng miracles dun. It will ruin years of social maneuvering na ginawa niya. Regardless of this guy's reason, regardless of why he was angry, the point is, this guy was angry. And his response to seeing a miracle created by Jesus in front of him was anger and rejection. Ayaw niya eh. Ayaw niya yung nakita niya. Hindi siya masaya dun sa nakita niya. How did Jesus respond to him? So if he responded to Jesus with anger and annoyance, how did Jesus respond to him? The Lord answered him, You hypocrites! Don't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox and donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water. Imagine you for how many years 
he was trying to build a reputation and he was trying to build uh, relationships with the people. And as instantaneously, as Jesus healed that woman, instantaneously, Jesus broke him down. In front of everyone na hinihingi niya yung attention tsaka yung respect, Jesus called him, an, called him a hypocrite. He was broken down in front of everyone. Why? Because Jesus knew that deep in his heart, he didn't really care about the law. He didn't care about keeping the Sabbath. He was witness to the true meaning of Sabbath through Jesus' miracle. He saw freedom given to a woman and rest from pain given to that same woman. Nakita niya yung meaning of Sabbath and yet, ang reaction niya was anger. So Jesus knew that he didn't care about keeping the Sabbath and keeping the law. Jesus also knew that the, synagogue's, the synagogue leader's heart wasn't into true observance of the law. Why? Kasi alam nga ni Jesus na nilalabas niya yung ox sa yung donkey niya. Nakikita ni Jesus yung heart ng tao. Parang sinabi na rin ni Jesus sa kanya, o sige, magiging strict tayo. Mag- magbibilangan tayo ngayon, magiging strict tayo sa pag-observe ng Sabbath, ba't mo nilalabas yung donkey mo? Yun na nga lang, yun na lang, oh, ang liit nun. Number one, siguro yun sa list of rules, hindi mo magawa. Tapos ngayon, magbibilangan tayo. Ah, hipokrito ka nga. And then maybe more importantly, we know how Jesus' heart, how God's heart is for the poor, and for the needy in the community. Jesus knew that this specific guy didn't value the poor and needy around him. He wasn't into the true meaning of the Sabbath, giving freedom to the poor and the oppressed. Because if he was, seeing someone struggle for 18 years, given immediate and lasting freedom, if he really valued the meaning of the Sabbath, he would be hugging that woman and rejoicing with her. Malamang sa malamang kilala niya yun eh. If he, if, if he really valued the Sabbath, he would be rejoicing with her. The same way that Jesus knew all about what was in the woman's heart, Jesus knew what was in the heart of that specific guy. He knew the hypocrisy in his heart and Jesus called him out. So after being rebuked by Jesus, ano nangyari? When Jesus had said this to him, all his opponents were humiliated. Not just him. Everyone in that group who might have been harboring resentment towards Jesus was rebuked and was humiliated. So that's the first person. The synagogue leader responded in annoyance and in anger and Jesus rebuked him and tore him down. The second person. How did the woman respond? Jesus put his hands on her and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Immediately. After being healed, immediately, she praised God. 
her immediate response to her encounter with Jesus was adoration and worship. And even though her response is only contained in that one sentence, in those seven words, it's not a stretch to imagine na nagtatatalon siya sa galak. Imagine being free from pain that you've had for 18 years. Imagine how grateful and joyful and happy she was from that uh, freedom that she experienced. In a multitude of strangers. Actually, hindi. Wag. Wag strangers. Kasi mas madali magpakatot, maging parang ka pag hindi mo kilala yung mga kasama mo. Eh. Kasi alam mo hindi mo na sila makikita ulit. Pero in a multitude of people who knew her, kasi community sila eh. They know her as this poor, uh, frail, sickly, crippled, spirit-oppressed woman in the midst of that group. Nagpakawala siya bigla ng praise para kay Jesus. What's even more amazing is the full extent of her personal encounter with Jesus. Jesus put her hands on her and immediately she straightened up. Jesus healed her from her infirmity. Jesus healed her physically. Pinadiretso siya ni Jesus eh. Tayo ka na na maayos. And yet, yung effect sa kanya, the effect it had on her wasn't physical. The effect of Jesus healing on her was spiritual. She straightened up and immediately, she started praising God. Imagine that after being crippled for the past 18 years, being oppressed by a spirit for the past 18 years, the first thing she ever did with her renewed body was to worship and adore God. When we have an authentic encounter with Jesus, Jesus gives us true and immediate life-changing freedom. And when we experience that, I think the only appropriate response we can have is adoration and worship. After the woman expressed her adoration, after the woman expressed her uh, worship for who Jesus is and what, what He has done for her, what do you think happened? Jesus said, after addressing the, the synagogue leader, Jesus said, Should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? Compare what Jesus said to this woman to how Jesus addressed the synagogue leader. After rebuking all his opponents, Jesus turned to the woman and called her a daughter of Abraham. Jesus knew who she was, knew her worth, and then restored her value. Everyone in their community has known her for the past 18 years as this sickly, crippled woman. And here was Jesus saying, no, this, she isn't just a sickly, crippled woman. She is a daughter of Abraham. I am restoring her value. 
Jesus saw her pain and gave her healing. He saw her need for freedom and gave her a true and immediate version of that freedom. And what's more beautiful is that the fruit of her encounter with Jesus didn't just end with her. Any true and intimate encounter with Jesus won't end with just us. Verse 17 goes, The people were delighted with all the wonderful things Jesus was doing. Imagine, she just praised God. Yun lang yung ginawa niya. She just praised God. And yet, all the people there were delighted. All the people there began to wonder about the wonderful things Jesus is doing and might do. Yung joy niya in Christ became infectious. Hindi lang nagstay sa kanya. Her joy in Christ radiated to other people. She was able to share the joy she had in Christ simply by praising God. So now that we know these two people and we know the two reactions that these people have, maybe it's time for us to take a few minutes to evaluate how do I respond to Jesus? How do I personally respond to Jesus? Because any encounter we have with Jesus will become a powerful life-changing experience. Any encounter we have with this Jesus will challenge our worldview. It will challenge our beliefs. It will challenge our truths and our ideals. Si Jesus hindi siya parang chill lang na guy. When Jesus encounters you, Jesus will shake you to your very core. And any encounter with Jesus will demand a response from us. The healed woman and the synagogue leader both experienced that. They experienced the awesome power and reality of who Jesus is. And they made their choice with how to respond. So now I'd like to give all of us a couple of minutes just to reflect on how we are responding to Jesus. I'll, I'll take a moment, I'll pause, and I'll give each one probably five minutes. Let's take this moment to pause and reflect and to, to understand where we are and how we are responding to Jesus. How are our hearts? Are we like the synagogue leader? Are we responding to Jesus with anger and with annoyance? Maybe we've started to think that we know better than the Lord. Or maybe we've become irritated and annoyed at all the things that uh, other people are requiring of us. All the needy, sick people that need our attention. Maybe instead of being agents of the Lord's blessings, tayo pa'y nauuna mapikon. Tayo pa'y nauuna magalit. Or maybe we're too concerned about what other people may think or may say if they found out that we had a relationship with the Lord. So much so 
that we've started to see Jesus as a source of irritation. Na hurdle siya to overcome. If that's the case, and if that's where our hearts are, or we have those moments that we have that in our hearts, then maybe, like the synagogue leader, we need the Lord to rebuke us. We need the Lord to call us out, to call out the sin and the hypocrisy that we have in our hearts. Not to break us down just for the sake of breaking us down, but to call us to repentance and to call us to go back to Him. Joel 2, 12-13 says, Even now, declares the Lord, Return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and He relents from sending calamity. If in our hearts we find that we are angry and we are annoyed, at Jesus and His message from the Gospel. Maybe it's time for us to return to Him, to be broken down so that He can build us up again because He is abounding in love. Gusto niya tayong tawagin ulit and He wants us to experience His love once more so that we can be filled with that love to the overflowing. Or maybe we're like the woman Maybe right now, we are responding to Jesus with adoration, with love, and with praise. If that's the case, di okay na. Wala na tayong problem. Sasarado ko na yung laptop. Okay na tayo sa sermon. Actually, on a serious note, if that's the case, I am very happy to say na maganda yun for our souls. And I would like to encourage each and every single one of us, if you are experiencing that right now, and if you are feeling adoration and praise for who Jesus is and what He has done for your life, please continue to do so. Please have that habit of keeping yourself in check and having worship and adoration as the first things coming out of your mouth. Psalm, the psalmist says in Psalm 13 verse 6, I will sing the Lord's praise for He has been good to me. Has the Lord been good to you? Then sing praises to Him. It doesn't need to be a song kasi Lord knows hindi ko kayang kumanta. Write it down in your journal. Share it to someone else. Make every effort for an expression of praise to God come from you and share it to other people. Psalm 147 verse 1 says, Praise the Lord, how good it is to sing praises to our God, how pleasing and fitting to praise Him. Maganda siya eh. Being able to express joy in the Lord fills us with God's joy. And we, when we are filled with God's joy, other people will see that. When they see that in the midst of that stressful thing we are doing at work, we are rejoicing and praising God. Lalapit sila at magtatanong sila, ba't ang saya mo? Bakit parang hindi ka tumatanda? Bakit parang kahit nakakapikon yung boss natin, nakangiti ka lang sa kanya? In the midst of all your term papers, 
and in the midst of all the thesis requirements that you have to do. Make an effort to praise God because He has been good to you. Try to look for that one thing that you feel like is a blessing from the Lord and praise Him for that. And it will change how you respond and it will change your heart. Or maybe, maybe you haven't encountered Jesus yet. Maybe you haven't had an intimate, personal experience with this Jesus. Maybe you just know Him from films. Maybe you just know Him from the term, praise Jesus. Maybe you don't know who Jesus is personally. I hope after hearing about what Jesus can give you, and what joy you can have in Him, that you are eager to experience His rest, to experience His freedom and power and mercy and love in your life. Maybe right now you're thinking, Kaso, ang dami ko nang ginawa before eh. I've done so many shady things in the past. I, I'm still doing shady things right now. Or maybe you're thinking, why would Jesus want to talk to me? Why would Jesus want to encounter me? I can't give him anything back. I have nothing to give him. If that's the case, I'd like to remind you that the beauty of the gospel is it's not about you. It's not about who you are. It's not about what you can do. It's about who Jesus is and what he's done for you on the cross. Romans 5.8 says, God demonstrated His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Even before we knew Him, Christ died for us. Even before I can offer anything, Christ died for us. While I was doing all the shady things in my life, Christ died for me. And that's the beauty of the gospel. Maybe like the woman, all we need to do is to follow Jesus' voice. Revelation 3.20 says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. He doesn't care who you are or what you've done. He's standing at the door of your heart knocking right now and He wants to have a relationship with you. Maybe like the woman, all we need to do is respond to His call. And maybe it's time for us to encounter Jesus so that we can feel His power and His mercy in our lives. So that like that woman, we can experience true and immediate freedom in Jesus' name. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this afternoon. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you have done in our lives. There are no words, Lord, to properly express our gratitude, to properly express our adoration for you. Lord Jesus, with the congregation, I would like to ask and I would like to pray. Allow us to be in such a place in our lives that we will be filled with joy 
we will be filled with love that comes that comes from you and that every and all the uh, words that come from our mouths every action that we take will be an expression of adoration will be an expression of love for who you are and what you have done father i'd also like to take the time to pray frail weak humans as we are there will be moments in our lives that we will respond to you with irritation we will respond to you with anger we will respond to you with annoyance we will respond to you with indifference lord i ask in behalf of the congregation forgive us for that forgive us if there have been times that we have been responding to you that way if right now our hearts are like that towards you I ask that you forgive us, Lord. Like the synagogue leader, Lord, please rend us. Please break us. It will be painful at the start, but it will be worth it. Break us down so that you can build us up again, so that our mouths and our hearts will be filled with praise for you. And Lord, lastly, I pray, if there is anyone here if there is anyone here, Lord, who does not know you yet and has that burning desire, if they are curious to know you more, if there, is, if there is a desire in their hearts to get to know you in an intimate way, in a powerful way, Lord, please speak to that person. Please approach them, Lord. While everyone is bowed down, Lord, I pray that you will speak to them and you will call to them and they will respond. If you are that person, you, you don't need to have the right words to say. There is no formula to how you are accepting Jesus. There is no pattern to how you are accepting Jesus. Just in your hearts, in the silence of your heart, ask for His forgiveness and accept the gift that He has given you on the cross. He died for your sins, regardless of who you are and what you've done. Thank Him for what He has done and accept His gift. And He will give you the joy that comes only from Him. Lord Jesus, move mightily in all of our hearts. Lahat po kami may kanya-kanyang journey, may kanya-kanyang pace, at may kanya-kanyang lugar kung nasaan kami ngayon sa journey namin sa'yo. Alam mo po kung nasaan kami. Deal with us personally and deal with us mightily so that all our responses will be a response of adoration, a response of worship, and a response of praise. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you have done on the cross. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.